Welcome to Satsang. Hello, Vishrant. Can you please talk about what are energy clearing practices? When I was quite young, I got to understand that clarity is very important to be able to see things clearly. I think I was about uh, 16 or 17 years old when I realized that uh, to have clarity, to be pristine, is a tremendous advantage in the world. It also is a, a tremendous advantage in the spiritual world. And so during the day we produce energy with the way we think. We pick up energy from different people that we uh, have the company of. And if we don't clear that energy, it can affect the way we think and it can ruin our clarity. And so it's important if you're interested in higher consciousness to have clarity. And so practices that help you clear energy you may have produced yourself or picked up from other people is important. You hang out with people who are dense because they've been grinding their minds and you're emptier, you will take it on. It's just energy flows from full to empty. It's no one's fault, it's just what is. If you decide to grind your mind you will produce dense energy as well, tamasic and rajasic. And this energy will affect how you think. It'll also affect how you see things. It'll affect your clarity. And so for me, I loved present moment awareness. You see, if you're really present, you don't produce density. It's only when you're living in your mind that you produce energy that's uh, tamasic or rajasic. And so little kids up till about the age of three have pretty pristine energy because they're not grinding their minds yet. They're not living in their heads yet. They're present to what's happening around them. And so they're not producing the type of energy that can destroy clarity. Coming back to the moment, being present to what is real takes you out of your head and into reality. This gives you clarity. This enables you to see clearly what's happening around you. So I fell in love with the present moment when I was quite young because I liked the clarity that it gave. The other thing that I really fell in love with was the, the water, the ocean, the river. And I was fortunate enough to be brought up near the river. And so I was in the river as often as I could. And I was in the ocean as often as I could because I found that any kind of water tended to make me feel energetically cleaner and I'm sure it did. And so after a few years I considered the ocean, my mother, in that it helped clean me every day that I went into it. I became a diver. I used to love diving underwater. It took me so firmly into the moment and the ocean itself is energetically takes everything away from you that's dense. Along with that, different sports, 
dancing, any kind of sport will do. Anything that physical will help help you clear clear up. What doesn't help you clear up is sitting in front of a computer and thinking. It doesn't work. Nature is beautiful. It helps us have clarity. Water is great. And so when I wasn't close to the river or I couldn't get to the ocean, I'd have a cold shower. That would wash away different densities I might be carrying, give me a, my clarity back, a pristineness back. And so it's up to you. I think first of all, you need to notice different energies, notice how you're affected by different energies, because how we think quite often is affected by the energy we're picking up from others or that we've produced ourselves and is sitting in our bodies. It's important in higher consciousness to have clarity. So if you don't have a clearing practice and you are producing density, or you are picking it up from colleagues or partners or whoever else you're associating with, and you don't clear, well, you've handicapped yourself pretty bad. Pristine clarity allows you to see everything. It allows you to see through your mind. It allows that witness of the mind to be there, to see everything. Clarity is so important. So keeping yourself pristine is important also. It's up to you though. Nobody's going to do it for you. And more than likely, no one will even tell you about it. I had to work all this out by myself. I liked the idea of being successful in the world when I was young. And I saw clearly that clarity made the difference as to failure and success. So I, I got into clearing practices when I was quite young. It just turns out that those very same practices were great for higher consciousness and great for enlightenment. How pristine are you? Or how messy are you? Energetically is going to make a big difference in your life. Are there any questions? Any statements? Any challenges to these teachings today? First question is, how can I tell within myself if I need to clear my energy field? Well, are you feeling bright? Are you feeling switched on? Or are you feeling dull? Check and see. Check and see now. How are you feeling right now? What's the feeling? Are you feeling clear or are you feeling cloudy? Are you feeling up? and bright or you're feeling dull and dim have a look and see because more than likely the energy you're carrying or not carrying is affecting how you feel are auras real and can you see them on people 
I have no interest in auras whatsoever. I don't look for them, whether they're real or not. Someone who's awake has a presence. There's a light around them. I just don't have an interest in the subject. Yeah, I'm quite strong in your own. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You're coming across garbled. The air conditioning is coming through strongly on your end. Oh, okay. So I can turn it down. Is that better? Yes, it's much better. Okay. Thank you. The next question is from the Bay. Hello, Abay. Hi, Vishant. Oh, Vishant, many happy returns of the day to you. Wish you a very happy birthday. And, uh, Thank you. I Thank you very much for showering your Buddha field on me. It gives me a lot of clarity and immense love every time. My love affair with humanity. I, I just love humans. But then again, I love animals and I love plants. And I love this. The most beautiful thing here is love, you know, and all you got to do is be wide open. And the perception of love is always here. It's only in closure that we miss love. So I love what I do. I love you. I love the world. Thank you. Vishan, <laughs> the sleepiness, what I feel because of lack of sleep and the one because of the grinding of my head, and I mean mind, are they both um, equally dense energies? Okay, so what I found with the sleepiness through lack of uh, sleep, it doesn't usually uh, destroy your clarity. What destroys your clarity is the tamasic energy that we produce uh, when we overthink or when we worry or procrastinate or if we pick it up with someone else who's like that. And so... If you're feeling really drowsy, if you're feeling like you can't see clearly, it's probably energetic rather than tiredness. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Abay. Next question is as follows. Why is it important to clear my energy? Can I just not be detached and observe it? Yeah, you can. But even if you are detached and you're observing it, it's going to affect the way you feel and it's going to affect the way you think. And it's going to affect others as well. The gift that we give everyone we meet is the energy that we carry. And I became very aware of this 
uh, in my younger years because I was involved in helping people become successful. And it's pretty hard to help people become successful if you're carrying a dense energy that uh, clouds them out. And as I went further on, I started to recognize that uh, as a naturopath and psychotherapist, my job was to lift people, not sink them with the density that I may have produced or the density that I was carrying from other people. I saw that there was a bit of a fault in that, that my job was really to try to lift people, including my, my wife, my kids, my friends, whoever I met. Because whatever energy we carry is our gift to everyone we meet. The following question has been written by a viewer. I have been serious since I was born. And when I practice being present, I get even more serious. How can I be non-serious? <laughs> Come and see me and we'll tickle you until you stop being serious. <laughs> Seriousness is just fear-based. Allow the worst to occur. Be okay with everything and fear will drop. Surrender, accept life as it is. Seriousness is you trying to manipulate and control a result. Let go, let go, let go, be in flow. And by the way, there is no way you were serious when you were born. That's not possible. Something frightened you and you got serious. Let go, let go, let go. Be free. Next. Susha has a question. <laughs> I was thinking we could tickle that person, but I don't know where they are. <laughs> hey, Susha. I thought that was brilliant, <laughs> getting tickled by you. <laughs> Oh, happy birthday, Vishab. Thank you, Sushi. Vishab, I want to ask you about, um, is it possible for energies to just go through us and not get, and I, I, and I think you have said something about the belief systems here, and can you elaborate a little more? to to how how why are why am i holding them and getting sick sometimes can what can i do that they just go through me yeah so i absorbed i absorb everything that comes anywhere near me but it doesn't get stuck and uh, i had to have a look at this well why is it so why does it not get stuck why does it not stick in me and i started to look at babies and um i've had three of them and they're pristine they're absolutely pristine. You, you, they can take on enormous amounts of energy from adults around them and within moments be clean again, energetically. And I realized, well, the difference between a baby and an adult is the mind. The mind has the potential to harbor density because of its belief systems. And so I got an understanding that the reason that people harbor certain types of energy is because they have pain bodies and they have belief systems 
that support these pain bodies that harbour energy. And so as you undo your belief systems, as you undo your mind, you become less likely to harbour density that you pick up from others. So the whole idea of higher consciousness and spirituality is a stripping down process. It's not a building up process, it's an undoing process. So as you undo your mind, as you undo the belief systems that have, you've had programmed into you by your parents, society, religion, whatever else, you become less likely to hold energy of any kind. And so energy comes in, it stays a while, and then it gets expanded out. Now, earlier years, I took on so much working as a psychotherapist because people were in misery. Uh, they don't come to see psychotherapists unless something's wrong. And I found that I, before I'd go and hang out with my family, cuddle my kids, give my wife a hug, I'd clear my energy. And so I'd jump under a cold shower until uh, the energy had been dissipated or I'd dance. And I found after some particularly heavy sessions, I'd be dancing for an hour. But I used to love dancing, so that was cool. And then I'd go and hug my kids and then I'd go and hug my wife because I didn't want to pass the energy that I picked up from my client base to my kids or my wife. I saw that as a disservice to them. So would you say that all the belief system, all beliefs need to go before one can be in that place? Would that, that would be awakening. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. I like that. I see all beliefs, all belief systems as prisons, all of them. And people die to protect their prisons, die to protect their beliefs, and they're all prisons. We don't need a heap of beliefs to live in the world. I got a maybe with just about everything. It's nice. Don't get caught in anything as a result. People have the belief system, people shouldn't betray them. I don't have that belief system. That would be me being out of touch with reality because people do betray. But most people don't examine their belief systems. They just believe them to be true. And of course, get caught every time um, the belief system is somehow challenged. Every time they're, they're challenged, they, they contract. They go into suffering because they resist life. Not a nice way to live. Undo all your belief systems. Be free. Be free, be free, be free. All belief systems are prisons. Undo them. So when I try to undo them, I, I guess I, I don't know how I know I have done them, undone it enough. I'm still getting caught once in a while with something. It, it, it I can let go sooner than I... If I used to brood for two days, now it's maybe half an hour, maybe less. Uh, you're getting better then. You see, all belief systems have support beliefs as well. They have defense systems supporting them. Those defense systems also have to be taken down. Support systems are justifications. So, uh, you know, the belief that I shouldn't be betrayed by someone has a support system, that's wrong. Uh, they shouldn't be like that. 
I'm not like that, so they shouldn't be. These are all justifications for supporting the belief that you shouldn't be betrayed. Now, those support beliefs or justifications also need to be undone. Okay. I need to see them all. <laughs> Up to you. Thank to you. you. We were so free when we were born and we were so free up till about three years of age. And then we started developing our minds and we went to school and we learned how to live in our heads. And my goodness, most people never recovered. Mm, that's true. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susha. The next question has been written by Abigail. Whenever I'm riding my bicycle, I experience brief moments of no thought. But when the mind comes back again, it feels noisier. How do I come back to no thought? Okay, the reason it seems noisier is because you haven't been thinking and you've just noticed the noise. It's probably been just as noisy the whole time before but because you were, it was continuous, you weren't noticing how noisy it was. After the brief period that you had no mind, when it came back, it just seemed very noisy. You want to actually move more into no mind. Find something that brings you into the present moment. Find something that grips you so firmly in the moment that you can't move out of it. For me, <laughs> that was riding motorbikes and relling cars, and diving underwater in dangerous territory, and martial arts, sport, rugby, <laughs> gymnastics. I had a lot of different things I did that brought me firmly into the moment. When I was at school, I played handball. If you're not present, you don't, you lose. It's very simple. And so when we went into class, we developed a pattern of living in our heads and thinking problem solving. Unfortunately, it became a default pattern and now you're stuck in it. Meditation or the practice of meditation, which is the practice of putting your awareness on something that is real, helps change that pattern back to how you were when you were a little kid, when you were about two, because little kids are very present. They haven't learned to live in their heads yet. And so meditation helps you reclaim reality from the dream that you're lost in. Anything that brings you to the moment is worthy. Anything. But you don't think about it. Do it. I found that when I started practicing formal meditation, which is for me was watching the breath at my lip, it was easy. And I didn't know why it was so easy for me until I had a look at how I lived my life. I was very much into the present moment. I liked things that kept me present. I liked going fast on my motorbike. I liked rallying cars. I liked playing rugby. I liked martial arts. I liked gymnastics. I liked dancing. I liked anything that brought me back into the moment because it's so free in the moment. There's no freedom living in your mind. It's a prison full of belief systems. Anything you can do to bring you back to the moment is worthy. When I decided to walk around Australia, and I did four years of that, 
after being a businessman, I noticed that I was a little stuck in my head. So I took my shoes off. And I walked around Australia for four years barefoot. And that might sound really odd, but it's what I did. Because I wanted to feel the earth under my feet. I wanted to get back to reality. I didn't want to live in my head. Reality is quite beautiful. I don't think anyone's head is beautiful. We just problem solve because that's what we learned to do at school. And so I walked around Australia with bare foot, feet. And if I could walk on a railway line, I would. Barefooted. Because you cannot be anything other than present to reality when you're walking barefoot on a railway line. And so I love walking for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers on railway lines just to be so present, to develop that pattern of being present to reality because I love it. I love the present moment. It's up to you. What do you practice? Because whatever you practice, you're going to be good at. And if all you practice is thinking, dreaming, that's all you're going to be good at. That's how it is. Next, we've got a question from Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Hello, Vishrant. Um, are you able to hear me? Oh, yes. I can hear you, Tyler. Okay. Um, just making sure. Um, so my question was if, if you recall like a specific moment where you went from being asleep to waking up or knowing yourself is it like are you able to recall a specific moment where that happened in your mind? it's not that clear because uh before awakening i'd had a year of satori's a year of glimpses of true self and before awakening i'd been in retreat with an awake teacher for two weeks and during that two weeks i was floating on the coattails of the teacher. I was finding beingness as self, but because of the energy of the teacher. And the teacher went away and I went back to Perth, back home, and I found that it was still there. There was just no Vishrant. There was just vast, vast nothingness as self. And I woke up the day after retreat and it was still there. And my mind was surprised because it, it didn't expect that just this wide space and an absence of the eye. And I think every day for the next week that I woke up, there was that surprise from the mind's perspective. Oh, it's still here. Whoa. And it's been like that now for 22 years. So it wasn't a specific thing because there was a, a whole year of Satori's, thousands of Satori's because I was self-inquiring for that year, asking the question, what's aware? And what's aware question would take me into Satori. But the Satori's wouldn't last. Uh, the awareness would come back to the mind and would leave itself and I'd find myself ego-based again. So there was no specific time that it occurred when awakening was final. It was in the presence of an awake teacher that beingness was aware of itself 
and that state. But during that year of Satori's, the mind recognized clearly that what was required on its part was surrender. And so everything that was presented was surrendered, everything, until there was nothing in the way anymore. There was just let go, let go, let go. Anything that contracted, everything was surrendered. Everything was given to God. Nothing was hang, hold on. Nothing was held on to. Nothing. Anything that you hang on to brings you back to the ego. It's a prison. Attachment is a prison. Okay, thanks for answering the question. Okay, Tyler. The next question has been written by a viewer. Is forcefully breathing out clearing? Heck no. Might be clearing your nose. <laughs> this, this game is not about forcing anything. This game is about relaxing, about being cool. It's not about forcing anything. It's not about being yang. It's about being yin. Let go is not yang. It's yin. Acceptance is not yang, it's yin. The pathway to higher consciousness is let go, acceptance, openness. Nothing to do with force of any kind. The next question has been written by Shaina. Is burning plants such as sage effective for clearing? Not in my experience, uh, Shaina. I, I know of the practice. I just can't see how it can possibly work. Energy is energy. I don't think it's affected by smoke or perfume. Everything is energy. Even the smoke is energy. But I don't think it has the ability to clear density in people or rooms or anything like that. You want a room cleared, you get someone who's really clean to clear it for you. It's very simple. Energy flows from full to empty. You want to clear a room? Open the doors, open the windows, let whatever's inside out. You want to clear yourself? Stop thinking. Get present to reality. Go jump in a river or the ocean or under a shower. Have a good dance. That works. The next question is from the viewer. When lifting people, how much of it do you attribute to energy and how much to words and action? You can inspire people with words. You can inspire people with action. It's true. Being able to lift people energetically is a whole nother game. It means you have to be emptier than everybody else. As you take on their density, they get lighter and they get lifted. That's a job and a half in itself. Because you have to be empty. You can have all the inspirational words in the world and be full as a gug with density, tamasic and rajasic energy. You're not going to lift people too high. People who can really lift people are actually empty. 
Some people ask me about shamanism. The shaman is empty. If the shaman's not empty, the shaman's not a shaman. The shaman lives in the energy world. The shaman's empty, so the shaman can take density out of other humans and help heal them. And this is how shamanism works. It's in the energy world. It's all in the energy world. So the shaman and the mystic both live in the energy world. The energy world's real, but a lot of people don't perceive it because they're too locked in their minds. Energy is everything. Everyone's putting out energy constantly. It can be read, but not if you're living in your head. You have to become quiet inside, and you have to become relatively empty inside yourself to perceive the energies that are around you. The shaman and the mystic can play with energy. Because they live in the energy world, they don't live in their heads. The next question has been written by Christopher. Are energy fields always easily distinguished between positive and negative? There's positive and negative is the wrong way to look at it. Is the energy negatively or is the energy impacting in a way that makes you feel cloudy? Or is it allowing you to see? Is it giving you clarity? See, the lack of energy gives us clarity. But human beings produce a whole pile of different types of energy depending on what they're thinking. You want clarity, you have to stay pristine. I wouldn't see it as negative or positive, it's just what is. But if you're really interested in higher consciousness, you need clarity. You can't have clarity if you're full of dense, painful energy or dense, uh, active energy. You have to become clear and then you can see clearly. But it's up to you. You're the one that produces or you're the one that contains. What in your life do you do to stay pristine? In Hinduism, they have the three gunas. Tamasic, Rajasic and sattvic. The whole idea is to go to sattvic. I agree. Sattvic's brilliant. Being pristine is brilliant. You see everything. It's like sitting on top of a mountain. You can see everything. If you're full of rajas, which is active energy, anxious energy, irritated energy, well, you don't see much. If you're full of tamasic energy, which is that sleepy, tired, unconscious type of energy, well, you don't see much. Energy and the understanding of energy in spirituality or high consciousness is actually essential. Clarity rules. The next question has been written by Santosh. Namaste. I'm having some issues with my daily meditation practice. I've been practicing breath watching meditation since December. It was going well until September. Since then, I have had the urge to puke in the middle of meditation. I took a break of a few weeks and started meditation again, but still the same issue. Mm. Since last month, I have been dry retching every morning. The doctors couldn't find any issues. 
I also had spontaneous Kundalini awakenings in April and May. I also okay. have head pressure inside, inside my head and forehead. Can you please comment? Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you've been to see a doctor and ruled out anything medical because it's important that you do that. If it's not medical, it's energetic, which means you're probably purging pain body. Stuff that you've picked up in this lifetime and repressed, wounding, trauma, stuff you've carried from previous lifetimes and it's coming out. People think, oh, I'm going to meditate and find peace. Highly unlikely because we repress so much stuff, we hold so much in. And when we meditate, it relaxes the mind. And all the coping mechanisms that are holding the pain bodies in dissipate and what's inside comes out and it can make you sick. If it's making you sick, it's probably repressed fear, anxiety. But it's energetic and you're energetically purging. I know you're physically vomiting, but you're energetically purging. And this is a result of meditation because meditation relaxes the mind. But then everything that's being held down starts to come out. And people don't expect this. They think, oh, I meditate, I should find peace. Yeah, in the beginning you will. But then you're going to purge everything you've been carrying. Anything that you've repressed is going to start coming out because the body is holding it in. It's being held prisoner. And so you'll be okay with the purging. You make it okay. If it's not medical, you just make it okay and you keep going because it's just old stuff leaving, old energy leaving. And this is good, not bad. So don't stop. Keep going. Next, we have a, we have a question from Vasu. Hello, Vasu. Hey, Vishra. Happy birthday. Hello. Thank you. Um, this, this, um, this topic talk, has been... Um, can you talk closer to your microphone, please? Okay. Um, so this topic has been really uh, important to me because I feel like I've, this is a big obstacle um, that I've been going through with this energy thing. Um, my question to you is, I, I saw you answer about cold water when you shower with cold water. Now, I like to shower with hot water. And um, did you talk about that? Yeah, I did. I, I Look, I used to shower with hot water as well. And then at the end, I'd turn the cold on full and the hot off full. And it would shock any energy I was carrying out of my body. It's the shock that takes it out. It only takes surface energy out, but it takes some out. It shocks it out. Okay. I also recently bought a trampoline, like a mini trampoline. Oh, yeah. And uh, I find that is uh, helping me. Absolutely. Yep. I used to have one of those too. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like to dance on it. I used to put music on and dance on the trampoline. That's that's good. For me, yeah. uh, my my ultimate like passion that I you know since childhood that I've had is uh, sports, and um, you know because I'm in Canada and it's snowing here and 
sports requires like different kinds of uh, things around it. Like you need the right kind of people and uh, the equipment or the field. So to not be able to do something that I love the most, which is to face sports is also um, not very fun for me, but yeah, so. So whereabouts actually are you and how cold is it? Yeah, it's in Ontario, so it's pretty pretty cold right now, like minus eight, I think, right now. Minus eight? That's not that cold. Yeah, it's not that cold right now. So I do go for a run. I, I enjoy yeah, running. You could, you could go for runs in that, but you might need to be dressed. I, I spent some time in Canada as well and uh, in Oregon, and it gets pretty cold there in the winter, 20 below. Right, right. I found that walking, walking in the cold, you know, was pretty good. Yeah, because the for cold me, takes it yeah. out of you. And uh, <laughs> I don't recommend swimming. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it's funny how you said you walked uh, barefoot in Australia. I, I do the same, not barefoot, but uh, sometimes I go barefoot outside in, in my like garden yeah, it allows you to feel the earth it puts your awareness on what is real because your feet and your feelings and your feet are real so it's a meditation it's a meditation practice absolutely and i and i also sometimes uh, run and jog without the gloves so, do you have do you, do you have, have you got snow there at the moment uh it melted today actually so i think it's positive one or two but yeah I used to like to play in the snow because that brings you very present as well. Right, right, yeah. There's lots of different things you can do and make them fun, you know, because you don't have to be serious about any of this. I used to like to make angels in the snow by laying on my back and waving my legs back and forward and then having a look at the angel that I'd treated in the snow. Yeah, yeah. See, as adults, we think we're not supposed to play and not, we're not supposed to be silly. Heck, why not? Why not play? Why not be silly? Why not have fun? Yeah, this reminds me of a. Uh, you know how you, um, uh, you know how I work in long-term care, right? And like I see a lot of seriousness in the old-age home. And there's one person. His name is Dino. He's Italian, and he's like a kid. And uh, I see the difference, you know, with seriousness and just playfulness. There's. Uh, and I'm trying to get back to my playfulness um, because I feel like I've, I've gotten a bit serious working with uh, working in the long-term care. Yeah, Vasu, you'd love you'd love playing with me here, mate. Well, we go shopping, right? We go to Coles, which is a supermarket, and in the supermarket they have music and they have bright lights and they have white aisles, and you can dance. You can dance to the music. And you can actually swing the trolley around so it goes in circles and have a great deal of fun. There's no need for us to act. We're so frightened of what people think of us. We don't play. This guy, Dino, he's obviously not scared of what people think of him. And he's having a nice life as a result. He's playing. What a wonderful thing to do for yourself and for others, to play. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry for taking the time, guys. Um, and... Uh... Thank you, Vishal. I, I'm here. I'm here for you, man, and I, I hope that you play more. For sure, I will. Okay, Vasu.
The next question has been written by Prem Prabhat. There's a lot of mention about vibes or vibrations in the spiritual circles. What's been your experience with different vibes and how does it affect people? Right. You know, the vibe I liked the best was the vibe I got from my awake teachers from the Buddha field. The vibe that expanded my mind, expanded my heart and took me into the nothingness that was my true self. That's the best vibe of all. The Buddha field around someone who's awake. Such a, an amazing light. But all human beings create energy fields with the way they think and what they've picked up from others and what they carry. And you could say they have vibes. Angry people have a vibe. Sad people have a vibe. Happy people have a vibe. Loving people have a vibe. Frightened people have a vibe. It's, it's all vibes, actually. If you're sensitive enough, you can feel it. Unfortunately, people can get very caught in that world too. The best you can do for you is become as clear as possible. Become sattvic. Become empty. And now you're headed towards higher consciousness. This is the best. But it's up to you. You're going to create your reality by the way you think. The next question has been written by Milan. How can I support my kids that are teenagers and overwhelmed with school and thinking, but also of standing comparing themselves with other, other kids? Okay. So I had, uh, I raised three children and, uh, you know, the thing that is best for them is love, but also you need to have your, your boundaries in place because they are kids. They're not adults. They need to have boundaries for them, but they need to know they're loved. The greatest thing you can give your children is your love and always loving them. And it's also one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. Because when you're loving, you're enjoying life. Loving is beautiful. Always be the loving backup for your kids. With my kids, I had boundaries for them though. You know, because they, they're kids. They don't know what's right and wrong really. They don't know what's so good for them. They, they need your adult understanding of the world. They need your boundaries. But as long as there's love with it, as long as you're on their side as well. Children that are raised in love do very well. It's up to you. How loving can you be? How caring can you be while still putting the boundaries that are required in place? The next question is from Marcus. Writes, I've been getting good at accepting. I feel more at ease. You've said that acceptance comes first. What comes next? Okay, so my teacher, Osho, or Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, taught witnessing the mind. Now, if we witness the mind, we see an awful lot of things. 
without judgment, we just see them. In witnessing what we see, if we start practicing acceptance of ourselves as a human being, just as a psyche, forget about beingness, the mind becomes whole. While the mind is not accepting itself totally, it is not whole. There is part of it that is judging another part and holding it in contempt. And so the first two things, watching the mind, witnessing the mind, and then accepting the mind as it is. And in that acceptance of the mind, you start to find out that it extends externally from you as well. The more you accept yourself as you are, the more you accept the world as it is. Because you see that everything in the world is also inside of you. We begin with witnessing. We accept what we see. And in that acceptance, the mind relaxes. Now we've developed a mind that is ready for self-inquiry. A mind that is relaxed. A mind that is at ease. The foundation work has been done. The foundation work is self-acceptance. The next question has also been written by Marcus. How may you turn any action into an energy clearing practice? By being aware of the action. People move their hands, but they're not aware they're moving their hands because they're too locked in their heads. When you move your hand, be with the movement. When you move your legs, be with the movement. When you move your head, be with the movement. Every action can be a meditation if you have awareness on it. When we're present to reality, we are clear. It's only when we're present to our mind that we create density, really. Every action we can be aware of. Every movement we can be aware of. Or we can dream while it happens by itself. The next question has been written by Christopher. When you look at other humans, are you looking at energy fields rather than just bodies? Before a person says hello to me, they've already been read energetically. Not because I try to read people, I just can't help it, I pick everything up. Because everyone is radiating. Everybody is radiating how they think and how they feel. Everybody is radiating the energy they carry. Everybody. And I can't help but pick it up. Because I'm wide open. So it's not like I'm deliberately reading people. It just happens. It happens that I see people and I read and, and their energy shows itself to me at the same time. Or I don't see people and they walk in the room behind me and I read them because the energy shows itself. Everyone is radiating. Everyone is a radio station putting out whatever energy they're carrying and it can be read. Just happens. Any beings that cannot be read? I couldn't read Osho. 
I couldn't read Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. I couldn't read him. All I could pick up was emptiness. It was, low, it was like he wasn't there. But there was a field of energy that was kilometers wide that was just beautiful. And that was the Buddha field that was produced by awareness, aware of itself inside of him. But trying to read him was an impossibility. There was just nothing there. There was a nobody. And I found the same with most of my other teachers. There's nothing there, just an emptiness. Whereas people who are ego-based, there's always something there. There's always a contraction of some kind, the density of some kind. It's the ego. In Osho, there was an absence. I couldn't read him. He was the first person I'd ever met that I couldn't read because I got into the energy world when I was very young. I could read people by the time I was 20 quite clearly. To be in the energy world, I had to be pretty silent inside my own mind because the noisier you are, the less you perceive energetically. To really perceive energy well, you need to be quiet inside. So I was measuring people for a long, long time. I think I was uh, 28 when I met Osho or something like that, or 30. And I just, I couldn't believe it. It's the first person i ever come across that I couldn't read. There was just nothing there. And it made me realize that there was different types of people on the planet, that this man was awake, that he wasn't living as an ego. He wasn't living a normal life. He was living the life of someone who was awake. He was living beingness rather than living as an I. Really inspired me to have a closer look, to go for it to go for higher consciousness, to go for heart, to go for enlightenment. He was a great inspiration. The next question is from Vasu. Ah, Vasu. Can you hear me? I can. Awesome. Okay. Um, so I, I read something from Osho recently. Um, it was about, he talked about doctors and people in the medical industry having to have something which can make them toughen up because they work in areas where there's a lot of sadness and problems. And if they see that in a regular basis, they have to really toughen up. Could you explain what he means by toughen up? Is that is that because of the energy that they're... I'm making no sense. Are they defending their energy, having a rebellious energy to protect themselves? Could you explain that? I'm not sure in what context Osho was talking, but people on the front line, the medical front line, have to be able to deal with things that can be quite often very shocking. Car accidents, all sorts of different tragedies, people dying, people being burnt, 
all sorts of different things they need to be involved in. And they can harden up and defend themselves against it, or they can open up and accept it as it is. In the opening, it can be dealt with. In the acceptance of as it is, can be, it can be dealt with. But it can also be dealt with by becoming hard and calloused as well. Now in spirituality, that's the wrong direction. In spirituality, if we're going for higher consciousness, we don't defend ourselves. We open up completely and go the other way. Open up and accept life exactly as it is. And in that acceptance, we can deal with anything. It's only in resistance to what is that we have problems. That's where suffering begins, in resistance. Walking through the world, open and vulnerable, is the way of the sage, is the way of the mystic, is the path of the disciple. All defences are in the way. All protective devices are in the way. All closures are in the way. Openness counts for everything. Thank you, Vishram. Thank you. And thank you for Satsang. Good to see you, Bravehearts, here today. <laughs>